0: Okay, good day. It is uh, December 23rd. Um, This is the weekly podcast for Ness Advisory Services. Um, First comment is on new crop. I have no intention of selling anything, um, unless you think you're gonna grow a massive crop in Canada, but I, I, I don't see it. I don't know how you're gonna do that with, you know, unless we get a massive amount of snow and you get the absolute perfect rains, but you know, what are the chances of that? probably not very good so with that i'm just sitting there and saying close your eyes don't worry about it i don't care if that's historically a high value 500 canola used to be historically a good price history's out the window uh with canola uh i bought back my position 100 percent at the equivalent of thousand seven futures uh it's went up and down I decided to roll it over to the March, in which I gained ten dollars. So that means that you know, I said my average position purchase was like nine ninety seven. So we closed at thousand three. So I have an eight fifty nine average. Um, you know, so I gained about six dollars on that. But I believe that we're going up to eleven, possibly twelve hundred dollars. And why do I believe that? Uh, soybean oil, I don't see that going down anytime now. Uh, we are losing production in south america as we speak and we couldn't Um, you have to realize that the crush plants they were all out of vegetable oil last spring they were hand to mouth there was no inventory for years there was massive inventories of vegetable oil that was all sucked dry sucked clean renewable diesel is only increasing there's new places coming online the canadian crop was absolutely destroyed and we're going to have to slow down crush um, when I do the math, there's just no way we can keep crushing and exporting at the space. We're going to run out of canola. Uh, so the way you slow down crushes, you price yourself out of the market, $160 a ton crush margins. You're not priced out of the market anywhere close to it. So I see canola having to rally. We kind of held back here because the market's like, oh, you know, there's big, big, uh, you know, Australian canola harvest. Those farmers are selling. It was a record, record yield, record prices. They didn't care. They're selling it, right? And they were using uh, the WS, you know, or the ICE futures, I guess, to somewhat as a derivative. So that was some selling pressure there. Um, but that's going to disappear fairly quickly. I mean, and, and those found homes ever, all of those boats found homes. It's not like they couldn't find homes. They found homes. Um, so dug in, I think it's something that's going to occur after Christmas. And I just don't think you should be in a rush to sell anything, you know, if you have cash canola, I wouldn't be in a rush to sell $23 cash canola. I just, I just wouldn't be until we see something happen. Like I said, if all of a sudden biodiesel, they decide, oh, I can't use canola, a, canola oil anymore, then all bets are off, get out. But other than that, we're going energy market oils back up to 70. I think that's massively underpriced. And I think we're going to see some real shocks going into the new year. And, um, you know, the entire energy market is going to move up, which is what canola is, uh, wheat. Uh, we're been hanging in around that $13 range, you know, weak futures have been hanging over that $10 market. It's just been kind of stagnant in there. Um, some sell in there, but not a lot. Uh, best price I've saw is 1350. So I'm going to use that as, as my value for unsold. Obviously I am 100% unsold because I bought back my futures. So right now, um, you know, my buyback position, current market value, I have it at 10, at, Twelve twenty seven, cash is thirteen fifty. So my average price is thirteen thirty, thirteen thirteen. And I could actually exceed the, the the cash market because my gains on on the futures are, um, you know, my gains on the futures are in the uh, in the U.S. dollars. I sent a note to people today, and I firmly believe it. We're at uh, ten twenty five week for May. I believe we're going to eighteen, maybe higher. If you look at 2008, we look almost exactly the same, and uh, that's where things really took off. But yes, people say, hey, we got more carryout stocks in the world, but the stocks to use percentage is just as tight. I firmly believe that the USDA is lying, that China is lying. We don't actually have that wheat there. Why would you be buying the most expensive wheat in the world, which is Canada, if you had half the world's wheat stocks, right? Uh, So I think it's just merely an illusion. and the reality is cash. We've seen futures drop down and the cash price stays the same in Canada, right? So what does that tell you? Um, the cash market is, is extremely strong. So just close your eyes. I mean, uh, 2008, the world had the wheat board to cover them off. Uh, now they don't, you know, and, and a lot of these grain contracts that the Canadian grain companies were able to sell they, when they had bought $9 wheat and stuff like that. Those will all disappear after January. And then it'll be whatever you can buy new. You know, all those forward sold contracts are gone, just like I think most of them for canola are generally gone too. And that's where it gets interesting come spring, because all of a sudden you no longer have anything on the books and you've got to buy something new. And the farmer does not need to sell. The farmer is cashing in record amounts of crop insurance payments. And when they do sell any grain, it is record amounts. And, uh, or it's, you know, record checks, I guess, right? They're your checks are just, enormous right and you know fertilizer is covered those that wanted to buy fertilizer bought fertilizer everybody else is saying forget it i got what's in the ground that's all i'm going to put in and uh i'm just seeding for crop insurance so uh the cash situation of the farmer is pretty incredible here in western canada and and i don't think you're going to see major major selling and 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 you're going to have some of these bounces, like i expected wheat wasn't going to go straight up Um, But it's going to go up, I just firmly believe it, I just don't know. When you look at it, the last major exporter was Australia. It had a lot of stuff rained on, I mean obviously they're going to figure out what works as milling and what doesn't. But past that there's no other major exporters harvesting wheat until June. Argentina, I I laugh, 200,000 acres of GMO wheat and they believe they're going to be able to send these boats without GMO wheat on it. Does anybody remember Trifidiv? I mean, we didn't even approve that and it infested our entire system, right? So the, that buyer of that boat is going to be looking for something to reject and uh, they'll reject it and they'll buy it for really cheap. But that means everybody will no longer go back to Argentina for wheat. They will go to Canada. Argentina also restricted their exports because they're worried about inflation. Inflation is 60% in Argentina. I don't even know how they live. So So why, why would a farmer want to convert his wheat into a, a lira anyways, it, it, it is worthless, right? It's a, you're, you're losing the value of it, right? So, you know, wheat in the bin is quite valuable to them. Uh, the Russians also limited what they're going to export for wheat. So um, it's extremely tight in the world right now, very, very tight. And um, a lot of people I think refused to believe it, thought that Australia was gonna save them and then got fooled there. There is no major, you know, there is some herb, wheat harvest coming off, but they are, consume all their own wheat. They, they, they don't export, right? So exporters are what matters. And then you go down to Kansas City, you know, a friend of mine is sending me stuff. This crop's blown away. 100 mile an hour winds with, you know, 70 above in December. It's just destroyed his crop and they're in extreme droughts right now. So they are in bad bad shape and and i get that you don't make a crop in december but there's stuff that needs to be receded there and they don't even know how bad the damage is and there's more wind coming tomorrow so um not a lot of reasons for me to jump up and down to want to sell sell weeds that's that's for sure buy it definitely but not sell it peas that's been holding stagnant that's all about the dogs and and whatever the domestic consumer um so uh, you know 18 looks like it's still there I don't know. Um, I personally would take the eighteen dollars and do something else with your money. I would take eighteen dollars and go buy wheat futures because what's the upside to peas? Peas is maybe a dollar or two, whereas wheat is eight dollars in my mind. So why wouldn't you move your cash there? So that that'll be my mindset there. Uh, lentils. Um, that's all about when uh, Vicarot decides to go and uh, you know export a vessel. Now remember. Turkey, Turkey is absolutely screwed. I mean, their inflation is going through the roof and their currency is being devalued. And a Canadian player can't sell to Turkey and be protected by the Canadian Export Development Agency. They just can't. So between containers and everything else, there's not a lot of people that will try to sell lentils to Turkey. The only one would probably be Glencore. That would be it. Um, You could say AGT used to be, but I mean, if they can't pay their bills, well, I mean, I mean, you know, AGT is another story, right? So the other one will be India um, and, and, you know, assessing through their harvest when they do need to come in and don't need to come in, but eventually they're going to need to, but they're going to have to pay big because uh, farmers are not going to fill a boat at 50 cents a pound. They're just not. They, they might fill a boat at 60 cents a pound. I don't know. You know, it's, it's really up to you, but I No, no urgency to sell lentils in my mind there or whatever. I think that they do got to come there. Uh, Barley, it's about to get to be minus bazillion next week. Um, That means they start feeding more, but most importantly, those, we need about 10 trains, I had about 10 or 15 trains per month need to be coming in. If those trains don't come in properly, if we get even delayed one or two, that's 20,000 tons of corn they got to go looking for something else and there's not much barley in the bin so already I' saw pH get up to nine so therefore you know my 850 bid'm I'm, I'm, I'm so sell I'm on the wrong side of it I, I like to pretend that I use that cash though and go put it to work I guess or whatever but nonetheless um, I, I would hold off if you had cash barley right now just to wait and see what's gonna happen here over the next next little while. Um, it stays extremely cold, you're not going to see any downside to barley, but you could see some pretty crazy premiums on the short term, especially if you're able to drive your own truck to the feedlot. So, um, it's going to get interesting anyway. So, uh, Durham, the recent sales to Algeria worked about out to Argus Market sent me, they're about $23, $23.50 20, in Vancouver. So, you work that back to here, that equates to those $22 bids. Uh, you know they sold a lot of tons and that's pretty, pretty aggressive. I mean, I would think that the target price for good quality Durham has probably moved up to 25 in a farmer's mind right now. Anyways. Um, So, you know, it's tough to say or whatever. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of the quality Durham disappeared in the fall with, you know, the, the heavy rain. So they created fours and fives and, and sprouted Durham that has lower falling number and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting as they go to cover in these boats. Um, they said that some of the sales were switched from Mexico back to Canada. I think they've got, you know, optional origin in there. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, man, that's a tight one or whatever. So I, I don't really know what to say. Uh, like I said, my, I'm hundred percent sold at 22. I sold that a long time ago though. Um, it's a hard one, right? I, mean, I know that they've sold the equivalent to work out to be the 22. It's just whether people will sell it and take their cash and move elsewhere, or they'll just dig in and look for that 25. Um, you know, there are certain places that just cannot substitute Durham. They need it for couscous and stuff like that. So, um, talking on crop inputs here, uh, very interesting conversation as I'm building this boots on the ground, uh, uh company uh we met with a guy today or over over zoom that is create created something where he he's been at this for 40 years um where basically he can take you know hog manure and convert it to where you can almost replace your fertilizer um like everything phosphate nitrogen and i guess we're doing that as, as is as is also but he also he was looking at you know replacing um fungicides and replacing herbicides and 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 so many other things, right? The man was pure genius. Within this connection, what he told us is he's actually connected with one of the former heads of Monsanto who ran their glyphosate business. And I said, oh, okay. That guy must know really know the story. And he goes, yeah. And he said, they're going to lose the court case. I figured out on my own that, you know, I would have been last three years ago, I would have argued with it until I was blue in the face that glyphosate didn't cause cancer. Then I watched them lose, you know, the court cases. I said, like, oh, you know, whatever, you know, big tobacco lost tens of billions in the 90s too. And they didn't pay anything. You know, they, they took it to the Supreme Court and they were done. Well, and the reason they didn't pay anything is because they told people that smoking causes cancer. So they said it was on you. Um wrote to check for 10 billion. And I'm like, hmm, that makes a lot of sense to me nobody that's innocent throws a $10 billion check. Cause I mean, you, you, you actually, the lawyers work for you, right? It's like, it's not like it's gonna cost you anything. Um, and then, you know, so that kind of made me think, and then I'm like, well, what are glyphosate made out of it? And I Googled it, well, it's made out of inorganic phosphates. Well, they talk about inorganic phosphates creating cancer. But where I really thought about it was, okay, there's glyphosate, which is a salt, but then we all know you need the surfactant. And I'm thinking to myself, well, the Chinese, you know, most of our glyphosate comes from China. The Chinese would put stuff into kids' toys and dog food that was poison. What would ever stop them from putting that into a glyphosate surfactant, right? And I Googled the surfactants, and sure as can be their cancer causing. So that's why they say glyphosate and they don't say, say uh, uh, roundup, right? Uh, Also, you know, from your self standpoint, you've smelled touchstone before, right? And everyone always said it used to give them headaches or knock them on their ass. Well, how is something that doesn't cause cancer that way? And then the glyphosate plants are shut down in China right now because they're the most polluting plants. So we as farmers use cancer causing agents all the time. It would just be nice to know that they do cause cancer because right now we're bathing in it, right? And we don't care about it, right? And we should be more careful about it. And um, here's the deal. Uh, You are not going to be able to spray, desiccate your crop with glyphosate, possibly even this fall. Uh, It's going to happen. Because as soon as they, they lose that court case and they say it causes cancer, they're going to want to get that out of your food as fast as possible. And so obviously the major place is, when you're desiccating your wheat in the fall, I don't care what you say, they're putting glyphosate on that wheat. And I remember years ago when my brother-in-law's dad, who was this staunchest conservative in the world, saying in the 90s, that was the worst thing we should do. And I bugged him, I said, oh, you're conservative, you know, and he says, no, 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 he says, just use common sense. So I get that we need to use it as a tool to help us harvest, but that's the wrong tool to be using. You need to start preparing yourself for that. If you don't, you're going to run into trouble because they're going to slam the doors on this and say the food companies and stuff are going to say no glyphosate and they will test it and they will check it and they will reject you if you use it. So think of a different way to do things. Um, We're also kind of like we just think one way and that's it. This year I'm driving around and I'm looking at the wheat and it's mature. Yet guys are still spraying it with glyphosate. Why? Why? And the other thing is we always used to swath our canola and now we bathe it in glyphosate. So it's just like the world wanted us to use glyphosate for some reason. And I think there's better ways to do this. And, 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 you know, as, as, as I'm going on with these carbon committees and meetings, everyone is saying, I agree with you, you know we don't want to use synthetic inputs and we'll get there, right? And you know, it's just going to take some changes on our standpoint. You know, Bayer saying sell the swather, screw that. The swather is going to be a very important part of your operation going forward. And yeah, there's going to be more risk involved in it. And if we lose the oat crop because uh, you know we couldn't spray with glyphosate, well, that'll be reflected in your price. And the same thing with wheat and stuff like that. That'll be reflected in your price. But um, we have to be willing to change and one of those changes is we're going to have to eliminate glyphosate from desiccation. I still think you'll get to keep it, you know, to burn down and thankfully we're not like the American farmer that sprays, you know, all glyphosate beans and corn, right? So, um, I think we'll, we'll, we'll be okay here. So, um, so beyond that, uh, that's it kind of for my market update. Um, just, it's just, Hold steady is is kind of my 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 thought there. Um, the only thing would be was maybe with your peas if you if you turn those into cash, turn that into wheat, then right. Um, you know, other than that, I think things are set up well for the Canadian farmer, and uh, um, next year will be what it'll be. But everyone have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.